The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Where the dawn of the east meets the twilight of the west and the cool of the north touches the calm of the south and the transcendent power of Christ touches earth in the humility of love. We gather for ordered worship where the head of the Charles at Marsh Chapel reaches out to the heart of the country. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here in the name of March Chapel and also for our radio congregation across the six states of New England on WBUR 90.9 FM and also for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. Today especially we are glad to welcome in the leadership of our worship service two groups of guests. In the very first instance we welcome our guest choir from Georgia, the state of Georgia, Porterfield Memorial, Memorial United Methodist Church in Albany, Georgia. And we also welcome the leadership of the Russia United Methodist Seminary, including their president, Dr. Sergei Nikolaev, and his students who will be participating with us along with some of our Boston University School of Theology Summer Institute students under the direction of Dr. Samuel Johnson. In fact, you will hear the epistle today read first in English and then in Russian in honor of these, our guests. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
Let us pray. Grant, we pray, Almighty God, that as we believe your only begotten Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, to have ascended into heaven, so we may also in heart and mind there ascend and with him continually dwell, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the first epistle of St. Peter, chapter 4, verses 12 through 14, and chapter 5, verses 6 through 11. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings, so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirit of glory, which is the spirit of God, is resting on you. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves, keep alert. Like a roaring lion, your adversary the devil prowls around, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, steadfast in your faith, for you know that your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Первое послание Петра, 4 глава с 12 по 14 стих и 5 глава 6 по 11. Возлюбленные, огненного искушения для испытания вам посылаемого не чуждайтесь, как приключение для вас странного, но как вы участвуете в христовых страданиях, радуйтесь, да и явление славы его возрадуетесь и восторжествуете. Если злословят вас за имя Христова, то вы блаженны, ибо Дух славы, Дух Божий почивает на вас». Теми он хулится, а вами прославляется. Итак, смиритесь под крепкую руку Божию, да вознесет вас свое время. Все заботы ваши возложите на него, ибо он печется о вас. Трезвитесь, бодрствуйте, потому что противник ваш, дьявол, ходит, как рыкающий лев, ища кого поглотить. Противостойте ему твердую верой, зная, что как такие же страдания случаются и с братьями вашими в мире. Бог же всякой благодати, призвавший нас в вечную славу свою во Христе Иисусе, сам по кратковременным страданиям вашим, да совершит вас, да утвердит, да укрепит, да соделает непоколебимыми Ему слава и держава во веки веков. Аминь.
Let us pray together verses from Psalm 68 with the Antiphon. Let God rise up, let his enemies be scattered, let those who hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melts before the fire, let the wicked perish before God. But let the righteous be joyful, let them exult before God, let them be jubilant with joy. Sing to God, sing praises to his name. Lift up a song to him who rides upon the clouds. His name is the Lord, the exultant before him. Father of orphans and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation. God gives the desolate a home to live in. He leads out the prisoners to prosperity but the rebellious live in a parched land. O God, when you went out before your people, when you marched through the wilderness, the earth quaked, the heavens poured down rain at the presence of God, the God of Sinai, at the presence of God, the God of Israel. Rain in abundance, O God, you showered abroad. You restored your heritage when it languished. Your flock found a dwelling in it. In your goodness, O God, you provided for the needy. Sing to God, O kingdoms of the earth. Sing praises to the Lord. O rider in the heavens, the ancient heavens, listen. He sends out his voice, his mighty voice. Ascribe power to God, whose majesty is over Israel and whose power is in the skies. Awesome is God in his sanctuary, the God of Israel. He gives power and strength to his people. Blessed be God. And now, beloved, rise up in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Deo and the reading of our gospel.
Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 17, verses 1 through 11. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son, so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me, I have given to them, and they have received them and know in truth that I came from you, and they have believed that you sent me. I am asking on their behalf. I am not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours. All mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I am coming to you, Holy Father. Protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please be seated. And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Atop all of the world's literature sits our holy scripture. It is knowledge too wonderful for us. It is high. We cannot attain it. And there, in the summit of all things written, there are the twin testaments, the older and the newer, the Hebrew scripture and the Christian writings. Just now for our worship, we shall prefer for a moment the Christian writings, taking us just a step farther up this great promontory. Of the 27 books, the New Testament, Gospels and letters and apocalyptic writings, all are inspired and all are sufficient as rule for faith and practice. We have come to learn to love them all. And yet, uh, pride of place, a preference is given in our worship to the Gospels themselves. We are upstanding when the Gospel is read, as so a moment ago. Now, within the Gospels, it's not probably fair to pick favorites, and yet over time, though the synoptics, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are lovely, John, from tradition to this day, has been known as the sublime, the spiritual gospel. That takes us from summit to peak toward pinnacle today. And within the fourth gospel, granted the beauty and wonder of the signs and miracles with which the gospel begins, and the power and glory of the passion and resurrection with which the gospel ends. Still, 
in the heart of the gospel are these four chapters, the high priestly prayer, concluding to take it one half step farther with the prayer of consecration. So the sermon today, John chapter 17, right at the very summit of scripture, of literature, and of life. Pause, take a look around. The air is rarefied here. We plant our homiletical flag today on the Matterhorn, the Everest, the White Mountain, the Pikes Peak of life and literature and scripture, John 17. This is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. But you remember good disciplined Christian women and men, that it took three generations for the beloved community to climb this great mountain. And they did so through disappointment, through dislocation, and through departure. And miraculously, wondrously, in the heart of these great traumas, they found where they least expected it, a treasure buried in a field. Their hope of the imminent return of Christ was disappointed, and John looked around in the rubble caused by that theological tornado and said, ah, freedom, for freedom Christ has set us free, as Paul says in Galatians. And they also found their way out of their homeland, their mother tongue, their mother religion, the synagogue. Actually, they were invited to leave, and in that great trauma of dislocation, not a theological but a sociological tornado looking around in the rubble, they found what? <coughs> Grace. And then, as we find in this chapter 17, in the hours of dislocation, that is, the departure of Jesus, the word glorification means crucifixion in this gospel. Jesus ascends, is exalted, but the cost is terrific. He ascends and they find their, themselves first in the 30s and later by departures of one, two, three generations of leaders, including the beloved disciple, they find themselves bereft, alone, in silence. And what do they discover in departure? <laughs> the capacity to love. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. For the gift of love to be received, conferred and received, we need open space, not the micromanaging of a quasi-divinity, but the freedom and grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ, which allow us the capacity to love. John is very different. John is uh, the fourth sibling in my family of origin. We have four siblings, uh, Bob, Kathy, Cynthia, and John. The first three have sort of regular brown hair, not very majestic. And the fourth, aptly named John, was born with bright red locks, utterly different. Not for him the regular hair of Matthew, Mark, Luke, or Bob, Kathy, Cynthia, but a bright red set of locks. Where did he come from? So different. 
You won't discover it in the family of origin. You'll have to go with me. Maybe you have a summer family reunion, too, that you attend. We have one on a farm near Cooperstown that's been worked since before the Revolution, and there's a farmhouse and a veranda. And we gather. We have just a little light meal, you know, beef and chicken and sausage and hot dogs and hamburgers and corn and corn on the cob and potatoes and mashed potatoes and sweet potatoes and dessert, pie, cherry, apple, mince, some ice cream, and after that light little remarkable repast, those who are able to stand and move, that gathering will move to the porch and there'll be a photograph. Now just take a look at the photograph. You can't see it on the radio, but fear not, they can't see it here either. There may be 80 people on that porch. They're all redheads, except a few. These siblings, these brown-haired siblings, Bob, Kathy, and Cynthia with brown hair, they're not the majority at all. Why, they're maybe not oddballs, but they're outside of the norm. There's John and his red hair standing with six out of seven who look just like him. You just have to get to his extended family. His second cousins, his third cousins, once removed, have a meal and then see where he came from. The Gospel of John, if we put him on the porch, comes out of the early second century, where this sentence, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent, would be utterly familiar, not to the scriptural family of origin, but to that range of reality from which John had no fear to borrow, including the Gospel of Philip, the Gospel of Mary, the Odes of Solomon, the Apocryphon of John, the Treatise on the Resurrection, the Paraphrase of Shem, all this literature that later was described as Gnostic and heretical. John took the language of his culture to transform his culture. This great red-headed different gospel utterly different in the 20, among the other 26, as different as Ecclesiastes is from the rest of the 65 in the Hebrew Scriptures. Isn't it wonderful that we worship in a church with the magnanimity, the liberality to include difference even in its primitive stages and origin. This is eternal life. The synoptics would have said kingdom of heaven, wouldn't they? That they may know, the, the synoptics would have said believe. The one true God, the synoptics would have said Abba. Jesus Christ, the synoptics would have said Rabbi. Sent, the synoptics would have said born. But here is John, that red-headed wonder, reaching out to you with a different, utterly different tongue. For Armageddon, John substituted the artistry of everyday living. For speculation, John replaced the spirit, the spirit of truth. There's a self-correcting spirit of truth loose in the universe. For the parousia, John substituted the paraclete. And for an imminent expectation, John gave us a history of life together in the freedom, grace, and love consecrated in Christ today in word and in table. That is, we are free by grace 
to choose to love. Which means we are accountable in our time. We're responsible in our time. Two examples from our time. 14 million people in this great country, this land of liberty and justice, cannot find work. To their number have been added just recently a number of graduates from fine universities and colleges. Do we have the empathy? Do you have the sympathetic imagination to conjure what it might mean to be a father of a family with children and no work? Have we forgotten, to some degree, our own experience? The church's role is to keep our hearts true. Now, what follows is meant as a humorous illustration. I find it helpful sometimes to clue the congregation that I'm about to tell a funny story in case they don't think it's so funny after all. Our role is to keep the heart right. Can you imagine what it feels like to want to work? and not be able to do so. There was a poor man who came to a Methodist church and he was dressed in rags. He came one Sunday and another. And the third Sunday, the Lillian Circle of the United Methodist Women bought him a suit of clothes and a bright blue tie and some wingtip shoes. And they gave these clothes to him and they never saw him again. But the treasurer of the Lillian Circle of the United Methodist Women saw him on the street one day and said, Friend, we welcomed you. We were so glad to have you in our Methodist church. But then, wasn't the suit right? Didn't it fit you? Wasn't it the proper set of clothes? And he said, oh no. I wore it the next Sunday. I looked at myself in the mirror with that blue suit, that nice tie, and those wingtip shoes, and I thought, you look fine. Dressed to the nines. As a matter of fact, you look too good to worship in the Methodist church. I think you should go down to the Episcopal church. And there I've been ever since. That's by way of saying our solutions don't always match the problems. The bigger question is, where is the heart? Our denomination, the United Methodist Church, is headed in a year toward a general conference. There is a great expansion of freedom coming upon us. Congregationalists and Episcopalians, Lutherans, those wild-eyed Midwesterners, Presbyterians have already experienced it. How is it coming? It's coming like the glory of the morning on the wave. It is wisdom to the mighty. It is honor to the brave. The world shall be its footstool and the soul of wrong its slave. The spirit of truth is marching on. I can put it to you in four words. Gay people are people. That's a good sentence in the English language for us to affirm. You might want to murmur it to yourself. It's coming like the glory of the morning on the wave. Some years ago, we sat at a table, beautiful meal with candlelight and Wedgwood china, and a host who was gathering us out of trust and love to discuss some difficult topics. We did not all agree. People of good faith disagreed. The issue came up of gay marriage, and there were several points of view. And then Carol spoke. Carol, a mother of two, two teenage daughters, two teenage children, wonderful husband, lovely family, but who had contracted cancer and though we could not see it at the time, would be gone from us in a year. And she said, well, I don't know. I mean, I, 
I know what it's meant to me. I know what my marriage means. I know how fragile life is. I know how short it can be. I know what Doug and I have, and I, I'd be hard-pressed to take that away from two people who deeply and earnestly love one another and want publicly to consecrate their relationship in love. You know, there was a long silence, and that silence con continues to, oh, right now. But the church will speak. The church will find its voice like Commonwealth Avenue's preachers found theirs, from Phillips Brooks to John Wesley, from Abigail Adams, to, Will to William Lloyd Garrison, to William Ellery Channing. This is the cradle of liberty, striking to us that some leaders, maybe political leaders, can come and visit the city and forget some of the words of liberty, like William Lloyd Garrison saying of the unamended Constitution. Here are his words. A compact with the devil and a covenant with hell. He could preach. There's a self-correcting spirit of truth loose in the universe, and it's coming even to the poor Methodists like me. We gather for Thanksgiving and Eucharist in the presence of God and the Spirit of Christ today. This is an altar call. You'll be coming down to the altar and receiving bread and cup. Publicly, you will affirm your faith. We discipline ourselves. We pray. Do you pray? We commune, do you receive? We study, do you read? We converse, do you confer? We discipline ourselves, do you fast? And as you come, you will receive the grace of God, the freedom of God, and the capacity to choose to love. My friend's grandmother had a sign on her refrigerator that read, you know that bit, love your neighbor? I meant it, God. We are strengthened by the presence of God, and we conclude with Howard Thurman's favorite psalm, the 139th. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest when I sit down and when I rise up. Thou discernest my thoughts from afar. Thou searchest out my path and my lying down, and art acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou dost beset me behind and before, and layest thy hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Whither shall I go from thy spirit? Whither shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend to heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in Sheol, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there thy hand shall lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. If I say, let only the darkness cover me, and the light about me be as night, even the darkness is not dark to thee. The night is as bright as the day, for darkness is as light with thee. O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. 
Thou knowest when I sit down and when I rise up. Sursum corda, hear the gospel. This is eternal life, to know thee, the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Amen. Friends, we invite you please to be seated, even as we recall among ourselves the items of interest and invitation for our community life. We encourage you to use the red pads that are found on the aisle and pass them inward so that we may know one another and greet one another. 
by name. We draw your attention to the notices printed in the bulletin or for those listening from afar online, including a dish to pass luncheon following worship today to which all are cordially invited. You will have a chance to greet again our guests and our guest choir. We're grateful to Mr. Steve Jones for his leadership and the choir that he brings for the second time to Marsh Chapel, and there'll be a third time we trust and hope soon. They've come a long way from Albany, Georgia, and we're proud to have them with us. Likewise, we recognize the students among us who are here for a program from Russia and their president, whom we've introduced previously, President Sergei Nikolaev, who read our gospel. We're grateful for your presence, sir. Today, we thank our guest celebrant, member of the chapter, the Reverend Holly Bensonhaver Redford, and all of our musicians and our instrumentalists who've helped us to guide the service today. With these thoughts and these concerns before us, let us continue to worship together by presenting our tithes and offerings. short 
us with your love. We shall exult and rejoice all our days. Let the favor of the Lord be upon us. Give success to the work of our hands. but thine own, whate'er the gift may be. All that we have is thine alone, a trust, O God, from thee. Bless and multiply these gifts, O God, that we who give them and we who receive them may be nourished and strengthened in our life of faith together. In the name of Jesus Christ and in the presence of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ our Lord invites us to his table, all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. Let us share the peace of Christ with one another.
The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you. Holy God, creator of heaven and earth, you formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ, your spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering and death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread and breaking it, gave it to those gave thanks to you and broke the bread and gave it to each who was gathered, saying, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper had ended, he also took the cup, gave thanks to you, and then gave it to all those who were gathered, saying, drink deeply from this for all of you, for this is a sign of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you remember it, as you drink it, remember me. And so in remembrance of Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living community in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them for us the bread of life and the cup of grace in Christ that we may be for the world the body of Christ. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until we feast at the heavenly banquet.
through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, holy God, now and forever. And now with the confidence of the children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world.
We have come to Christ's table as individuals and found a bountiful welcome that pulls us through history to the first table, that first shared bread and wine. Ours is to live out the remembering of that meal and the life of Christ. And so we offer our prayer of thanksgiving. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant us into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
sun so warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you. The blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen. Thank you.